welcome to Living Fabulously with Bev. The mission for the show is to get to the heart of well-being through inspirational stories of everyday people, expert insights from a number of health and lifestyle-related disciplines, and exploration of topics that underpin well-being. If you want to take control of your well-being and put yourself front and center in your life, then this is the podcast for you. I want you to feel calm, nurtured and inspired so you can enjoy your life and your success. If you have not yet done so, please subscribe, rate and review on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you know someone else that would get value from the show as well, please share it with them. Join me on this journey and let's live the fab life together. Today I'm delighted to introduce my expert guest, Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride, who developed a concept called GAPS. It's the gut and psychology syndrome, which she described in her book, and she's trained practitioners in this protocol worldwide. When I read Natasha's journey, I realized that we share passion around gut health and good quality sleep. Welcome, Natasha. Hello. I'm delighted to be here. And so, Natasha, could you just tell me briefly about yourself and what the GAPS protocol is? GAPS protocol stands for two things, G-A-P-S. It stands for gut and psychology syndrome and gut and physiology syndrome. Thankfully, in the English language, both abbreviate to GAPS. What we have here, we have a person with abnormal gut flora. Majority of people now know that we have some microbes in our digestive system, Well, uh, the recent research has discovered that 90% of all cells in the human body are in our gut flora. So your body is only 10% a shell, a habitat, to uh, host this mass of microbes inside us. And we ignore them at our peril. They fulfill mass of uh, functions for us, which reach far beyond the digestive system. They ensure that the, the food is digested properly, that we are nourished properly, they protect the gut wall from damage, and they protect the whole body. The recent research now discovered that they even affect our thoughts and our attitudes and function of every organ in the body. So we cannot ignore the gut flora. People with gaps have abnormal gut flora because they had many antibiotics in their life or they had other influences which have killed off a bunch of microbes in their digestive system. So the, the other microbes that they were controlling suddenly got out of control and overgrew and occupied large niches in the digestive system and started digesting food in their own way, producing thousands of very toxic chemicals, toxic poisonous chemicals. At the same time, they damage the integrity of the gut wall, making it porous and leaky. So these toxins absorb. They get into the bloodstream, they get distributed around the body, and wherever they get you, whichever organ in the body they get you, they would cause disease. Gut and psychology syndrome um, is a book that I have already written. It has been on the market uh, since 2004. Gut and physiology syndrome, I'm still writing. But the protocol which is described in the gut and psychology syndrome book is the protocol that works for all of the conditions that I will be talking about today. How would you describe your journey? You know, what made you research the SCAPS protocol? I'm a mainstream doctor with a postgraduate degree in neurology. I worked as a neurologist and a neurosurgeon before I started my family. And pretty much every doctor that I have met who started using diet and other natural methods of treatment are people who have sick children or have illnesses themselves which they could not remedy with the mainstream approaches. The same thing happened to me. I had a child 
who was diagnosed autistic at the age of three. And that uh, very quickly I realized that my own profession had nothing to offer my child. So I had to look elsewhere. And that put me on a very steep learning curve. And uh, as a result, my child has fully recovered. Now he's a young man who is at university and leading a normal, healthy life. So autism is curable. And what I have discovered that at the basis of any healing in this world, any illness, whether it's a mental illness, physical illness, or even genetic illness, at the basis of healing a human body is nutrition, is food. Because we eat at least three times a day. Many people eat much more often than that. So information, huge amount of information comes into your body in the form of food all the time. And that is an absolute basis, the biggest influence on the human health. So I went back to university. I got a degree in human nutrition on top of everything else. So now I understand what food is, how it works, and how it affects the human body. So working with my own child and then working with thousands of other children in my clinic and adults as well, I have developed GAPS Nutritional Protocol. It is a program which, is, which contains three parts to it, the diet, the GAPS diet, supplementation, and detoxification. So these three parts are the uh, GAPS Nutritional Protocol. And this is the approach that normalizes the gut flora. It drives out pathogens out of the digestive system. It rebalances, normalizes the gut flora. It brings back diversity of various microbes in the gut. It heals and seals the gut wall, which so the toxins stop absorbing and the food has a chance to be digested properly before it absorbs. And as a result, the river of toxicity that flows from the gut into the bloodstream in GAPS people stops. So the body has a chance to clean up, to remove toxins, and to recover and to heal itself. That's what GAPS nutritional protocol does. In every GAPS person, because the gut wall is damaged, porous and leaky, food doesn't get the chance to be digested properly before it absorbs. Then the immune system finds these undigested food particles in the bloodstream, looks at them, says, you're not food, I don't recognize you as food, you must be some virus, and it attacks them. It attaches various immune complexes to it, inflammation is launched, and wherever these immune complexes uh, finish up in the body, they would, they would cause trouble, they would cause disease in that area. And if the immune system has long enough, a couple of months, of facing those particular um, unhealthy, undigested bits of food, it would start developing antibodies against these foods. Most of these undigested foods are proteins. All protein on our planet, all protein in our food, is very similar to proteins that your own body is made from. So once your immune system develops antibodies against undigested bits of protein from your food, it will then find similar proteins in your own body and attack them as well. And this is the mechanism of autoimmunity. So people start developing autoimmune disease. There are about 200 various autoimmune conditions discovered so far, and the list is growing all the time. The most commonly known ones are rheumatoid arthritis, osteoarthritis, psoriasis, um, multiple sclerosis, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, neuropathies, asthma, eczema, and many, many other uh, conditions. But the more we study every chronic disease, the more we discover that they all have an autoimmune component because the immune system is using all its tools, all its ability to fight the toxins that the body of the person is filled. The body of a GAPS person is filled with undigested food particles and the immune system is fighting with them and a myriad of toxins which are produced by abnormal gut flora. They're very toxic people. The digestive system in this person, instead of being a source of nourishment, becomes a major source of toxicity. 
And wherever this toxicity gets in, uh, it causes trouble. If it gets into the brain, then it would cause a bunch of symptoms that the, bra the brain will produce. Any kind of symptoms the brain can produce. For example, we have an epidemic of autism amongst our children. When I started practicing as a medical doctor, we were diagnosing one child in 10,000 autistic. Today we're diagnosing one child in 35, in 40, and this graph has been already projected, and by 2020, 2025, we're going to be diagnosing one child in two in the English-speaking countries. Half of all children will be autistic, and that trend is not going to stop there. It will continue increasing. So by 2030s, majority of children in the English-speaking world, in the Western world, will be autistic. Vast majority. And that's just autism. Mm. We have ADHD epidemic, we have dyslexia epidemic, dyspraxia epidemic, schizophrenia epidemic, bipolar disorder epidemic, anorexia epidemic, and all other mental illnesses mm. epidemic. So what happens in an autistic brain? 100%, almost 100% of these children are born with a perfectly normal brain. These are perfectly normal babies that are born. But what happens to this child from the moment of birth? The baby acquires abnormal gut flora from the mother. As the baby goes through the birth canal, it swallows mouthfuls of bacteria in the birth canal, and that becomes the baby's gut flora. The flora in the birth canal in mother's vagina comes from her bowel, from her digestive system. So if she has abnormal gut flora herself, that is what she's passing to her baby at the moment of birth. Fathers are not exempt because they have their own flora in their groin, which is coming out of their digestive system, and they're sharing that flora with the mother on a regular basis. So it is the parents that pass their gut flora to their child at the moment of birth. If the child was born through cesarean section, then the flora is more opportunistic. It comes from the hands of all the people who look after the baby, from the nipples of the mother if she's breastfeeding, and from, from the environment, generally speaking. But again, these children usually develop abnormal gut flora. So the baby starts its life with abnormal gut flora. Then the immune system uh, gets compromised in the child because babies are born with an immature immune system. It's an immune system which needs education. An establishment of normal gut flora in the first few days of life is a major educational experience for the immune system. Because these babies acquire abnormal gut flora from the start, they are left immune compromised. They must not be vaccinated, these children, because they are immune compromised. Their immune system is unable to handle vaccinations. And these are the children who then develop infections. Ear infections are the most common. Many children have 10, 15 ear infections in the first year alone. And of course, antibiotics are prescribed for these infections, which will kill off whatever precious good bacteria this child did get from the mother at the start. So by the end of the first year, the child finishes up with a seriously, deeply damaged gut flora. So the digestive system of the child becomes a major source of toxicity in the body as a result. These toxins get in the brain and clog it up. How do babies learn? If you absorb little, observe little babies, they listen to everything, they look at everybody, they touch everything, they take everything in their mouth. What are they doing? They are collecting information from the environment using their sensory organs, their hearing, their vision, their tactile sensitivity, their taste buds. And then this information is passed to the brain to be processed. And that's how the brain learns that the child learns that this is mommy, this is daddy, I can trust them. This is a toy, I play with it like this. I don't line them up, these toys, I don't throw them, I don't destroy them. These are other children, I copy them. But if the brain is clogged with toxicity, it cannot process the sensory information coming to it. All the information from the sensory organs turns into a mush, into a noise in the mm. child's head, 
and the child is unable to learn, to decipher any useful information from that. So the brain doesn't learn in these babies. Children learn certain skills at certain age. A baby has to learn to walk around the age one, has to learn to talk around the age two, and these are windows of opportunity when the brain has to de develop particular skills. If the child has missed those windows because he was stuck in a toxic fog in their brain, then later on these children need to be intensively taught to acquire these skills. They will not be able to acquire them on their own fully and appropriately. If the uh, bunch of toxicity coming from the gut is slightly different, perhaps less, the child may not become autistic, but will become hyperactive or dyslexic or dyspraxic or oppositional defiant or something else will happen. But majority of these children do not fit into any diagnostic box because diagnostic boxes are purely descriptive. They just describe a, a bunch of symptoms. Mm. They do not encompass in themselves what causes the disorder and what do we do with it. The younger this child is, when we stop this situation, when we heal the gut, we heal and seal the gut wall, we change the gut flora, we normalize the digestion, then the brain cleans up very quickly and it starts functioning. From that moment on, the child can learn. The younger the child is when that happens, the less they have missed out on their development and the quicker they can catch up with their peers. The more fully they recover and the quicker they recover. The older the child is, the longer it takes to treat them, and they may not recover fully because they have missed a lot of development, these children. They have an awful lot to catch up on, to learn. You have to teach them intensively. If you have a two-year-old, under three uh, child, quite often just the diet, just the GAPS nutritional protocol is enough. The child will catch up on his own or her own. When the children grow up, and if the GAPS condition was mild in a child, perhaps the child was clumsy, didn't play sports very well, wasn't very good at maths, social skills were not fantastic, couldn't make friends particularly well, was bullied at school, but nothing too severe there and nobody was particularly concerned. The child sort of pulled through school. When they come to teenage years, these children are very prone to substance abuse and to, to become an addict and to other problems, other psychiatric problems. Because there are two reasons for that. One is psychological, another one's physical. Psychological is when they become teenagers, they will do anything to be invited to parties, to have girlfriends and boyfriends, to be wanted to be accepted by their peers. So trying drugs is a daredevil behavior which attracts attention. Quite often they do that, just to attract attention. The physical reason for it is that these children are unable to produce enough neurotransmitters. The more we research neurotransmitters, serotonin, dopamine, norepinephrine, endorphins, and other neurotransmitters, the more we discover that most of them are manufactured in the digestive system and then transported to the brain to be used. These children have a digestive disorder from the start of their life. They, they lived all their life with a digestive disorder. Their digestive system was, un, was not able to produce enough serotonin, enough dopamine, enough norepinephrine, and, and enough all of those other neurotransmitters, GABA and other neurotransmitters. Serotonin is our happy neurotransmitter. That's what makes us happy, content, positive, enjoying our life. Dopamine is the motivational neurotransmitter. That's what allows us to jump out of bed in the morning, brush our teeth, brush our hair, dress up and go and conquer the world. These children never knew these feelings. They always had low serotonin and low dopamine. I believe that we are born to be happy. How do we achieve a state of happiness, of complete bliss, of being on top of the world? 
how do we achieve that? By the brain receiving a fountain of neurotransmitters to hit a certain ceiling. These children never experienced that feeling in their life. They have been depressed most of their life. They didn't have much motivation most of their life, these children. They never experienced this joy of life, the top of the, of the mountain. So morphine, heroin, smoking cannabis, and other illicit drugs can produce that fountain for a few minutes. And when the child, for the first time, experiences that state, they realize that's what life is about. And they want it again. And who can blame them? That's where the physical dependency comes in. So in order to help these children, we need to put them on the GAPS nutritional protocol. We need to change the gut floor of the child, normalize it. We need to heal and seal the gut wall in the child. Then, after some period of time, the gut will start producing normal levels of serotonin, dopamine, norepinephrine, GABA, and all the other neurotransmitters. And only then the person will be able to recover fully from drug addiction. Until that happens, it is impossible for the person to recover. You can lock them up in a psychiatric hospital. You can put them on medication. What they're fed in a psychiatric hospital is atrocious, absolutely appalling. They eat uh, processed foods, lots of sugar, lots of uh, processed carbohydrates, and other junk food, basically. So these people come out uh, on medication, and they do not recover. They continue taking drugs. They go back to these habits. The only way to fully uh, restore this person is through the GAPS nutrition protocol. And my dream is that sometime in the future, our psychiatry will know about it and will start using it when they section these people in the hospital um, instead of doing what they're doing now. The same with schizophrenia, the same with bipolar disorder, the same with every psychiatric condition. All psychiatry are GAPS conditions as far as I'm concerned, in my opinion. And I say um, the only people in my clinic who have recovered from these conditions are people who had a strong family, where the family invited all the members of the family, the friends, put their cards on the table, said we need help. So when this person comes out of the psychiatric hospital, they section the person at home. They lock him up at home and they, 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 give, they feed him. They feed him the GAPS nutritional protocol. And if this youngster going out, he goes out with a couple of uh, strong cousins who can restrain him and who can make sure that he doesn't eat or drink anything to sabotage the diet. And that's the only way these people recover. They recover quite quickly. In a couple of months, they're able to start removing psychiatric medication. Eventually, they remove, they come off the medication. And if the family continues watching them, they can go back to college and they can finish school and they can start working and, and recover, have a, have a normal life. There's a very strong link that you're drawing between the health of the gut, the impact on the brain, and then on the behavior. So I wanted to ask you, how are gut health and then the sleep related? So when your gut health is not good, you've obviously got this toxicity. So how does it impact your sleep? Of course it will impact sleep. The vast majority of these people have very abnormal sleep. Sleep uh, requires clean brain, not a brain that is intoxicated. The bacteria, that the microbes which are sitting in an abnormal gut flora produce certain toxins which dissolve the junctions between cells in the gut wall. That's how the gut becomes porous and leaky. These toxins then absorb, reach the blood-brain barrier. It's a special barrier which protects the brain with many, from many things in the blood. And they do the same in the blood-brain barrier. They open it up to invasion. As a result, the brain is bombarded by toxins, by undigested foods, by autoimmune complexes, by antibodies, by inflammatory complexes. Everything gets in the brain. As a result, the brain is inflamed and it's unable to function properly. 
So every function of the brain is abnormal, including sleep. Quite often these people can't fall asleep. They have to sleep in front of the television or the computer. They have to have a screen in front of them to relax at all, to be able to sleep. And then they wake up frequently. They're not rested properly, so they're chronically tired, these people. They cannot function. They have low energy levels. And uh, um, everything in the body is connected. It isn't just brain. In order to not to be tired, in order to have good sleep, we need to have a good adrenal function. And we have to, go, to have a good thyroid function in the body. We have to have good uh, function of other hormones. Pancreas needs to be working properly and producing all its hormones in order to have good sleep for the body. And that, that just doesn't happen. Many of these people uh, find it difficult to face daylight, to go in the sun, in the sun because uh, they are malnourished, severely malnourished. And if there is deficiency of vitamin A in the retina, we cannot tolerate light. So these people finish up wearing dark glasses, even on a cloudy day. And that means that melatonin, a very important hormone, is not produced in their brain. Melatonin is produced in the pineal gland in the brain when we are exposed to the daylight and to the sunlight in particular, without wearing dark glasses, when our eyes can let the light in. So these people make the whole situation even worse for themselves because they're not producing any melatonin in their brain. And melatonin is an absolute ruler of our sleep. It is essential for having for every stage of the sleep and for having really restful, proper sleep. Sleep is the time when the body recycles and processes all the information it received during the day. The brain processes all that information, what's rubbish, what needs to be remembered, what's, what's important, what's not important, and it's put into different compartments in the brain, into different areas, which then memorize these things. So that's very important to sort that out. And if the brain is not given an ability to do that, then and uh, the brain function gets reduced. The memory goes down, the short-term memory disappears, and the uh, personality changes in the person. People may become aggressive. They are unable to stand any pressure, to stand any stress. Um, they they uh, have nervous breakdowns. They fly off the handle easily, these people. Uh, they become irritable and uh, have emotional instability. Sleep is absolutely important for us, very, very important. And it is important to have a healthy body and a healthy brain. And all health and all disease begins in the gut. There is no doubt about it. Hippocrates, the father of modern medicine, some 2,000 years ago, made a statement that all disease begins in the gut. And the more we learn with our modern scientific tools, the more we realize just how correct he was. Indeed, every physical and mental disease has its roots in the digestive system. No matter how, how far away from the digestive system the organ might be, all your roots of your health are in the digestive system. And if your roots are sick, if the roots of the tree are sick, the tree is not going to thrive. No matter how far from the roots the twigs and leaves are in the um, top of the tree, they are going to wilt if, this, if the roots are sick. And that's what happens with um, many people in our modern world. What would your tips be for living fabulously then, you know, your approach to life and your well-being? Eat only foods, buy only foods, which are in the shape and form that Mother Nature made them. The truth exists only in the nature, and the health exists only in the nature. So if it doesn't look like what Mother Nature has made, if it, if it isn't a piece of meat, fresh piece of meat or frozen, if it isn't an apple, a whole apple, if it isn't a whole vegetable, if it isn't whole eggs, best quality eggs on grass-fed chickens, from uh, chickens on pasture, chickens in the sunlight, do not buy these things. Cook your own food at home. Learn to cook. Cooking is the basis. Cooking your own meals is 
the basis of good health for you and for your family. It is essential for people to cook their own meals. If you're buying processed foods, you're causing disease. You're on the road to a lot of suffering for yourself. Be positive. Being positive is very important. Having your glass half full is very important in life. It is very important for us to be in nature, to have sunlight in our eyes and on our bodies. Sunbathing is absolutely essential for all of us. To uh, be fresh in the fresh air, to be in contact with nature, to walk barefoot on wet grass, on the soil, to swim in the sea, in lakes and rivers and other natural waters. Never go to swimming pools. These are chemical soups which poison you, which load your body with a huge amount of toxicity for your body to process and to try and shed off. They are a cause of many illnesses. Avoid all chemicals produced by men. Mankind has created some 80,000 chemicals already which do not exist in nature. And our bodies have no program to deal with them. They just accumulate in your bodies, these chemicals. And they cause disease. They lay the ground for cancer formation, for chronic inflammation, for all sorts of illnesses. All personal care products are poisonous. Your shampoos, your makeup, your lotions and potions that line the shelves in your bathroom. Throw them all away. There are many companies now which produce natural um, alternatives to personal care products. And generally speaking, use natural things. Our skin is a sponge. It absorbs everything we put on it. Do not put anything man-made on the skin. If you cannot eat it, you cannot put it on your skin. That is the rule because your skin will swallow it up yeah. and put it in your bloodstream. When we eat something, before these toxins finish up in your bloodstream, they have to go through the liver and the liver will neutralize many toxins. But when you put this toxin on your skin, it absorbs your bloodstream directly, avoiding the liver and causing trouble um, in your body. A good example is that when we analyze the tissue from uh, cancer in the breast, breast cancer in women, we find that it's full of aluminium. And it is a causative agent in breast cancer, in other cancers, and in neurological disorders and psychiatric disorders, because aluminium is a fat-soluble substance. It targets high-fat tissues. It targets your brain. It targets your thyroid, your bone marrow, and other high-fat tissues in the body. So where did that aluminium come from in the breast? From the deodorants, from the armpit, where the woman was using deodorants. All deodorants are full of aluminium. They're poisonous. Do not use personal care products. Your hair can be washed with egg yolks, carefully separated from the whites. Your skin, uh, for moisturizing, use coconut oil, olive oil, and you can use any animal fat on your skin. Your teeth can be brushed with olive oil and bicarbonate of soda if you want to whiten them. And the body, the human body, should not be washed with any soaps. Soaps wash off. Your skin works very, very hard to produce oily secretions, to protect itself from drying out and from microbes in the environment, and to provide a habitat for your skin flora. We have a very rich skin flora. And if you allow this habitat to stay on your skin, you will have a healthy skin flora, and you will never have any skin problems. You will never have pimples and blemishes and eczema or psoriasis or anything else like that. Every time we use a body lotion or a soap on our skin, we're opening it to drying out and invasion by microbes, and we're washing off the habitat for our skin flora. Body should be washed only with fresh water, nothing else. Nothing else, particularly on babies, particularly on children. So that's a healthy lifestyle. The healthy lifestyle is in nature. Get close to nature, observe it, how it lives, how it functions, what it gives us, and then you will not go wrong in terms of health. Thank you so much, Natasha. So you can find Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride at www.dr-natasha.com.
So Natasha, thank you very much for sharing your journey and all your knowledge and insights and for inspiring us to just keep it simple, really. Um, we talked about eating foods that are natural in form or shape, cooking our own food at home, being positive in life, being out in nature and in sunlight, walking barefoot on the grass, and above all, avoiding chemicals. We know that the body was not designed to actually get rid of them or and they just get absorbed and accumulate in the body. So thank you very much for spending some time with me today. That's a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much for listening and you can get the links and any references from this episode in the show notes at my website www.livingfabulously.com forward slash podcasts. Have you heard about Sleep Timber? It's a month to focus on restorative sleep and it's a month packed with so much goodness for you. What will it take for you to take care of yourself? Head to www.sleeptember.com.au to find out about the free events and sign up to join a movement of sleep lovers. Until next time, be sure to live the fab life. The information shared here and in our programs and webinars should not be seen as medical advice and is not meant to take the place of seeing licensed health professionals.